Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of The Meta. I am your host, Jay Larson, and joining me, I'm very excited, is the one, the only, William Hungerford. Hello, Will. Jay, it was so good to see you recently. We got to go have P.F. Chang's together. Share, was... share a few uh, a few tender moments before I didn't <laughs> see you at all for the rest of the show, and I was busy demoing nonstop, but yes. Yes. Uh, amazing. Yeah. It, it, we, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you got to have the high point of... Uh, feasting like a king at uh, P.F. Chang's for the entire convention, and then uh, it was all downhill from there. I, I will say that I've, I've learned something that has become a new tradition when I'm having P.F. Chang's with you, which is the double Mai Tai before dinner. Um, <laughs> I've learned it really helps. Um, <laughs> it helps accentuate the entire experience. Lubricates the entire thing. Uh, that's fair enough. Yeah. So before we dive into things, Will, I, I feel like uh, we have uh, letter tradition kind of fall by the wayside, oh, and no. we need to pick it back up. And so, since our last record, the uh, Oscars happened, and Doom did pretty well at the Oscars. It, it won quite a few score, a lot of the, the technical awards, etc. Um, but I have a this is like a combination of Dink Doom memes with. Uh, Dad jokes with bad puns, and so I, I have to share it. But this is this is a <laughs> Oscars party uh, watch party menu, and I think this was like at their official party, and it it has it's in like you know the script of the the movie and stuff like that. And so here we go. Here's the the menu for the Dune Oscars watch party. Uh, first dish is the Moi Deep. Uh, second dish is the Gom to barbecue. <laughs> oh God! Which is the Johnny Cheese Dog? Third one. I, this might be my favorite. Uh, the Penny Jesseret Pasta. <laughs> uh, the fries of Ibad. The this is another uh, one near to my heart, near and dear. The pie halud. Uh, the apple crisp knife. The spice melange latte. And then finally, anchoring out it all uh, very appropriately is water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's funny. <laughs> Just water. <laughs> I didn't have spice on there. That feels like a missed opportunity. No, but yeah, that's, water's pretty good. The 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 one just before water is the spice melange latte. Okay. Well, I'm so sad that you decided to bring that tradition back, um, and You're we welcome. can never do it again. So. Well, we well, so we met at Adepticon on on Wednesday night, had dinner together, and then I spirited away to a friend's basement to uh, <laughs> have your own con, have my own little mini con. Yeah. Um. But what was what was your what what was your Adepticon experience like? Very busy. So we went to Adepticon. This was the first time we were doing a public showing of of Rivenstone, and we were demoing from usually about 8 or 9 in the morning until about 6 p.m. every day, except for Sunday where the, the hall closed out at 3. From the time we showed up and set up the demo tables and were ready to go until the time we packed up, the table was never empty. We were demoing nonstop, often with like a queue of people waiting to demo. And uh, luckily, you know, Faye was there with me. Uh, we had Derek uh, from here at Broken Anvil, and the three of us were the demo team, and we were able to swap one person off constantly. Uh, and we were demo, we were always demoing like two attendees against each other. That way, my voice didn't get 
completely shot and we were able to take, you know, like a good like little break in between every demo. But uh, it was just constant, constant demos. And everybody who walked away was super happy with the game, talked about how much fun they had, how much they loved it and how excited they were for it to come out. And then we gave them free miniatures from Rivenstone as they walked away. So our first public outing, the first time we sort of showed everyone our baby went really, really well, probably better than we, you know, I, I expected it was going to be good. We weren't worried like, Oh, everyone's going to hate it. But like, uh, right. It, it went, it surpassed our expectations. Very positive and, and made us very hopeful for, you know, the Kickstarter starting next week. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. Uh, um, I guess timing for you guys that, um, being able to do Adepticon just like right before you launch your Kickstarter. So yeah, that's fortuitous. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And I'm really, it, it worked out really well. And then, you know, we followed up from that with, um, we have the website rivenstonegame.com, which right now is mainly information about the Kickstarter, but we were telling people to go there. And one thing they could do is sign up for a newsletter. Um, anybody listening to this can go do the same. You can sign up for a newsletter, which gives you information about the Kickstarter, but also, if you sign up for the newsletter and then you pledge on the Kickstarter, you get a free mystery gift when you receive your, your, your starter box or whatever else you order. And, you know, this is basically saying, hi, sign up for emails, right? And you, you, you imagine most gamers out there, you know, for every five gamers that are interested, probably one of them is going to sign up for that, right? I, there's a lot of invisible people. Me personally, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't sign up for a lot of new emails. Yeah, I've get enough mm, already. Right. Yeah. After Adepticon, after this website has gone live, like as of today, we're at 1400 sign on the newsletter alone so i think that bodes quite well for, awesome. for how good the kickstarter should do next week so we're we're all anxiously abuzz here at the office there's that anxiety and and nervousness of what's going to happen day one but we're we're being positive that things should go well that's that's awesome yeah so you know when we were at dinner the night before the convention started we were talking with each other and i was you know kind of asking you how if you felt nervous about the con or what you're thinking about masking. And, and one of the conversations we had was kind of along the lines of, you know, once you, uh, once you've had your, you know, full range of shots, you know, are you going to be masking forever or when do you decide not to mask? You know, what yeah. do you do? And I guess what of, what did you think of, I guess the experience in relation to COVID and what did you think of future events? So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm fully vaccinated and boosted. And that conversation was just that, like, you know, I think the agreement we kind of have the tables. We're not going to wear masks for the rest of our lives and that a lot of places are lifting their mask mandates. And so, you know, Adepticon, like most places in, in Chicago and Illinois, didn't have a mask mandate anymore. Um, and so knowing that I was going to be around that many people and that we're going to have so many unmasked people, I was like, well, you know, I can wear my mask or I can't. And so I decided – you know, I'm, I'm fully boosted. Everything's good to go. I'm going to not wear my mask uh, most of the time, right? Uh, and I got COVID. Now, uh, I don't blame anybody else for that, obviously. Uh, it's just what happened. I got COVID when I came back from the show. Luckily, none of my other coworkers did. So no one else, oh, I, went nice. to the, no one else I went to the show with, uh, masked or unmasked, got COVID. Uh, and like Jordan wasn't, you know, typically wasn't wearing his. Chris wasn't wearing his at all. Neither of them got it. Um, and I heard like really spotty, you know, like I know like 14 or 15 people from Adepticon that told me they got it. And then, you know, for every for that, like, you know, dozens more who didn't. So it seemed like it was really random. Yeah. Who had hit. 
Unfortunately, it got me. Uh, it is not a pleasant experience. Uh, two out of ten. Do not recommend. <laughs> um, got over it. Waited the the appropriate isolation period, and then the the five days post that before I came back into the offices to make sure I was safe. Um, I, I don't think it's going to impact my my convention experience or convention going at all. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to go if I get it again. I get it again, but I think the chances of that are are, are very low. Um, it was just an unfortunate you know, thing that happened. And I think, you know, as we get more out in the world and we're seeing more and more people just go back to doing public gatherings, where it's, whether it's the local game store and playing games or going to the movies, or going to sporting events and more ma- mask mandates are starting to drop. So I think it's something that at some point you have to make the decision of whether you're going to mask up or not. I hope that you are vaxxed and boosted. And if so, if you get it, I hope that it is, uh, you know, then you get it, it sucks, and you get over it, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, just within the last few days, the, all of the airlines have dropped, uh, their mask requirements on flights, and, you know, there's, it's, it's kind of this, um, challenging, uh, situation where you are asking yourself, you know, what level of risk am I gonna be okay with? What do I, you know, I don't want to be a shut-in for the rest of my life, but I right. also there's also this this level of of fear of like, you know, here's this thing that you know I we've kind of been told to be afraid of for you know months or years, and it changed the way that we lived our lives, and now to kind of go back to semi-normalish is is also kind of weird. So it's it's not an easy situation, but I am excited to. You know, I guess start seeing uh, things turn a little bit more back to normal. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like you said, it's just it's gotta it's gotta happen eventually, right? It's and I, I don't, we're not endemic yet, to my knowledge. We're still pandemic, but I feel like my personal opinion is that eventually we're just gonna be endemic, and that it's just going to always be there. And it's yeah. you know, yeah. you go get your go get your shots, be safe, be healthy, and you know, hopefully down the road years from now, whenever you you know, if you get COVID five years from now, it's just, you know, a thing that you could take some medicine for and, and get through real quick. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's dive into we've got a few questions from Bennett. Okay. Um, so uh, one of his first questions is, what were the coolest army slash models you saw at Adepticon? Uh, There's this game called Rivenstone. Um, that's really, really cool. I mean, so walking around the hall and just listening to people talk and stuff. The the two games I heard the most buzz about were our game because we were one of the, the new games there uh, and everyone's experience with it was positive. So I heard a lot of people being like, oh, did you check out Rivenstone? Did you go get a demo of Rivenstone? And then um, Sean Stutter's uh, Sludge. Uh, I believe they were doing demos of Sludge and they had some of the miniatures there uh, and uh, a lot of people were, were you know, it's Sludge, I, the rules for it had come out prior to Adepticon, but they were, you know, I think um, a lot of people got exposed to it for the first time. Uh, and that's a really cool, like, fantasy historical war game that you really get to just, like, hobby your own force together. And it's got some really cool and unique mechanics to it. Like, when you kill guys, they leave corpse piles on the on the battlefield that it scares other soldiers. Like, it starts ruining morale to have to, like, fight through the remains of your, your buddies and stuff like that. Um, it looks really like like diesel punk grimy fantasy World War One. Um, so that the two I heard the most about 
um, outside of the, there's a lot of obviously a buzz for the events and, you know, what was winning in the 40k tournaments, what was winning at, you know, the, you know, the MCP tournaments and stuff like that. But in terms of like new products, I heard a lot about Sludge and I heard a lot about us. Nice. Um, next question from Ben up. He says, uh, did you do anything else other than Riven the Stone? Yeah. I mean, you know, outside of working the show and doing the demos, I had to go get food. So we had the, the bountiful feast that was PF Chang's with Jay, but went to, uh, Geo, Geo Dono's and got mm-hmm. deep dish, went, uh, got Chicago dogs, had some really good Korean barbecue with Matt Getz and, and uh, a lot of the, the, the BAM team. Um, the main thing I did outside of working was having these big meals with people and then hanging out as much as I could at the show. Um, just like, you know, going out and being in the hotel bar and being down the lobby and just chilling with people and, and catching up with folk, you know, seeing like old buddies that I haven't seen in a while. Like, you know, Charlie Foster was there with Privateer and I hadn't been able to hang out with Charlie for a while and, and getting to see him. Getting to, yeah, I talked to Matt Getz almost daily, but getting to like hang out with Getz in person. So it was just, the reason I like to go to cons is the people. So when I wasn't working, I was spending my time doing what I enjoy, which is hanging out. I with mean, people. I assume that this was in a lot of ways your first chance to see a lot of your friends in years <laughs> yeah so. i mean yeah there were so many people like i jay i hadn't seen you in years right yeah, yeah. and just you know keith christensen and, and and running into seeing simon berman and i live you know he lives in tacoma i live in seattle and you know me and simon got to go out to dinner uh, one night just because we hadn't been able to really hang out even though we're so close um so yeah i spent my time just being social and that's what i wanted to do uh, so next question from Ben, he says, what's the most memorable moments from this year's Adepticon? Oh, God. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of them. A lot of the personal ones were just people who I hadn't seen in, in, in forever running straight at me and throwing, throwing <laughs> a hug at me and stuff like that. But so, and I don't want to say one person over the other because sure, then yeah. Yeah. that's, that's kind of rude. I will say business wise, the most memorable moment was at the end of the show, it's like, 2 p.m. on Sunday, I hadn't been able to walk the vendor hall at all. And I was like, I'm going to go walk around and look at things for a little bit. And as I go walking through the vendor hall, I had so many people come up and start talking to us and be like, hey, is anybody making terrain for Riverstone yet? Is anybody making dice for Riverstone yet? Is anybody making this for Riverstone yet? And just all these these companies were like, had heard about what we were doing in the in demo of the game. Apparently, the buzz had gotten back to them and we had these people interested in wanting to partner up and, and make cool things for the game. And that was really, that was like, in addition to the attendee experience, started seeing that was like, okay, like the buzz is getting out there. And that was really cool and really memorable. Nice. Um, next question from Ben up. I think this one's a, an interesting one. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, uh, any lessons taken from this year's Adepticon? Uh, don't get COVID. It's not fun. Um, <laughs> I think our main lesson was because we didn't have product to sell. You know, because the Kickstarter goes live next uh, next week, is our main lessons were, what is our booth going to look like at next Adepticon? What is our booth going to yeah. look like at next Gen Con? And figuring out how we want to present ourselves within this space and how we want to sell product and how we want to engage with people uh, and, and what was the best way. So it, our learning experience was not necessarily like we learned a lesson, but more like taking notes and deciding how to attack this the, the next time we come around. Cool. Uh, what's the next convention you're going to? Uh, so that's still being figured out. I mean, with the Kickstarter going live next week and then 
us not having product until it ships, there's a lot of cons. It's like, okay, if we go there, what, what is our what is our game plan? And also, we didn't want to go to cons until we had the real materials. We didn't want to show with anything prototype. So we, at Depticon, we had you know real dice, real miniatures, real tokens, real measurements, tools, and all that kind of stuff. So we didn't know we were going to Adepticon until like two months before Adepticon. And mm-hmm. for some cons, that means we're a little late on the draw this year. So I know right. that our team is talking to a bunch of cons to see which ones we can get into. Um, so like, I would love to be at Gen Con, but I don't know that we'll be at Gen Con this year. Um, we might be at Origins instead. So a lot of that is still being sorted out right now. And we'll be making announcements on our website and social media to let people know uh, where they can see us. The next thing we're doing is... Faye, Jordan, and I are going to be doing a tour of all the local game stores starting at the end of this month through May, and we're doing demo days uh, with the like big fancy board and the studio models at like the local Moxes and like Terracrux Games and a bunch of other stores, basically between Tacoma and Seattle, mm. uh, all all through May. So that's where we'll be next. Next. Nice. Um, you talked about this a, a little bit, um, but uh, his question is: Did you see? Other interesting newcomers to the miniatures game scene, or is that something that is faux pas to talk about as a game dev slash designer? That's not faux pas for for me. I like, you know, I I love when people make cool stuff, and especially if it's a fun game and they can be successful, you know, why not give them a shout out? Like I said, the main one was Sean's Sludge, which Sludge was out before Adepticon. This was my first time seeing it, and like I said, I think it was exposure to a lot, a, a larger crowd to see it for the first time. And um, if you don't know Sean and the stuff he does, Sean's the guy that made Relic Blade. If you've ever heard of or played the game, which Relic Blade is a phenomenal Skyrim. And that's the game. isn't that the game that Pagani like fell in love with? Yeah, yeah, he's the, yeah. he came back and you know got everyone to start playing Relic Blade. Super fun game. And Sludge is more of a traditional army, like, l- large block army game. We're going to have way more miniatures on the board. Um, so, yeah, if you... I, I, I would say check those out. You know, Obviously, check out Riven Stone. But also, uh, if you go do a search for Relic Blade, do a search for Sludge War Game, and you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Those were just really cool. All right, so next question from Benup. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, uh, both existing and newcomers to the market are having to deal with the... Fuster Cluck, that is the global shipping chicanery. Yeah. How has the Rivenstone team dealt with this? That we've hired people specifically to figure out how to deal with it. Um, that's on the logistics side of things that I'm not personally like deeply involved in, so I don't have those those details to give you the 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 plan of attack. But that you know the the team here knew that we needed people that could look into it. it's like we have bill french as our retail sales manager who's looking both into how the store is going to be distributed out to retail stores uh in america and elsewhere and like what are we doing to try and get this to game you know game stores everywhere we possibly can so yeah i, I don't have that specific answer other than tell you like we have a person that that's their job and is to figure that out uh so final question from ben up he says how's the team give them all our best uh, everyone right now is excited and very anxious and very nervous um, <laughs> in a good way. It's just that, like, you know, all the metrics thus far seem very positive, but, you know, we don't know until we know. And so we're er- everyone is waiting, yeah. holding our breath. We are six days away because uh, Kickstarter goes live on the 26th and it's the 20th as of the day of this recording. So we're all just sitting here, like, squeezing our stress balls and being like, all right, come on, let's go. So, uh, 
I guess any uh, any we're we're basically gonna wrap things up now. But I okay. wanted to I guess give you a chance to uh, pitch the uh, Kickstarter. Talk a little bit about that. Oh yeah, just you know. It, it, Jay and I have talked about it a lot. If you if you're listening for the first time and you don't know what Rivenstone is, go to RivenstoneGame.com. There's links to lore blogs. There's links to gameplay blogs. You can also uh, go to YouTube and go to the Broken Anvil Minis YouTube. And Faye and I did a tutorial battle report where you can see the game being played. Um, it came out really really well. So if you want some like you know in depth what what are the mechanics here, that's a great video to go watch. And then you can sign up for the newsletter and just check us out on the 26th. Uh, it's, it's about, it's about to be go time. And we're that last, like we've, we're putting the final touches on the, the, the super awesome Kickstarter trailer video, like the, 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 the trailer for the game as if it was a movie. Uh, and then like all the, the photos for the add on graphics. We're, we're in that stage of things. So I think we're going to have a really slick looking presentation and I can't wait for people to see it. How many, how many days is the, the Kickstarter planned for? 30 days, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, starts awesome. on the 26th, should run through May. Awesome. All right. Uh, anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, always remember, to my ties, start off every every con. It's a great <laughs> way. Uh, and uh, always the Mongolian beef. You know, that, that's my top recommendation. Double my ties and the Mongolian beef. It'll, probably, it'll set you in the right mindset for uh, for doing the rest of the show. That's, oh, that and... Sounds- Sounds and perfect. no, no, no dank dune memes. Uh, if those are on the menu. Oh. Tell, tell them to remove them. Tell them you're allergic, oh. uh, and then you can't handle those. I mean, you have to admit that menu was that I just heard with you was uh, was pretty top notch. Water got me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I will give you, sir. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Will, for uh, sharing your time. I I appreciate it very much. Right, thank you. <laughs>